All right, I want to welcome all of our campuses to the fourth week of our series entitled Be Happy. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. Yes. So we are in the midst of a two-month series. Matter of fact, I've only done one series in 20 years this long, and I'm really excited about it. And the reason why is it's we're talking about the very first sermon that Jesus ever taught. As a matter of fact, we're talking about the very first part of the first sermon that Jesus ever taught called the Beatitudes. If you weren't here week one, we talked about, we circled that very first word. Everybody say, blessed. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Last week, blessed are those. Blessed are those. Blessed actually means in the Greek, happy. So in other words, Jesus was teaching his disciples in this particular sermon. The very first part, he was teaching them the key to happiness. Matter of fact, he was defining and redefining for them what it means to be happy. Today, I'm very excited. I'm gonna teach you the fourth beatitude. I wanna talk to you about this one. Here it is, you guys ready? Here it is. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, when I read this this week and as I was preparing the message, again, we, we, whenever you think of the word hunger, you think, because I'm from the South, you think of the word food. Can I have an amen? You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I thought to myself, man, hunger, this is going to be a fun message. Man, I have a lot of fun. Now, I do want to say as well, we're just finishing up our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're going to readjust that next year to the very beginning of the year. And here's the reason why. I'm still carrying my holiday five to seven into the spring. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm serious, man. I just, it's been tough this year. And I'm going to tell you the reason why it's tough. Because at nighttime, I'm lied to by the devil. He knows the Bible and he twists the scripture. Here's what he tells me. Come to me, all thee that are hungry and are heavy. Are y'all with me? It's that cereal late at night, man. It just gets me. All right. Everybody say, blessed are those. Or you could say, happy are those hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Today, I want to talk to you uh, the fourth beatitude, a key to happiness that Jesus taught. What does Jesus mean when he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Righteousness. I had a conversation with a guy one time. He said, Pastor, you know, like, what, what is righteousness? You know, it's interesting. We say different terms, and, and they're these big terms. You know, it's like, righteousness. What does it mean? Is righteousness, is it like, like how I'm connected to God or is it my behavior? I'm going to talk about that today. And we have these different big theological terms. So righteousness, sanctification, you know, what does that mean to be sanctified? But also this word hunger, it's an interesting word. It's actually a deep word. It's a simple word, but it's a Deep word. Now, now, again, we know what the word hunger means as it relates to, it as it relates to food. Because hunger is something that, well, you, you guys know exactly, right? We've got our watch, and, 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 well, we actually don't need a watch. The more the time we wake up, and, man, it just kind of our stomach starts turning a little bit. And, and, and so we respond to the physical desires that we have, and we eat. Then about lunchtime, it just kind of starts rolling around a little bit. You know what I'm talking about. 
And, and, and at lunchtime, matter of fact, at 10 o'clock, you start talking to your coworkers about where you're going to go eat. And that, that's what we do down here, right? And then we start talking about where we're going to eat for dinner. Matter of fact, vacation is more about not what you're going to do, but where you're going to go eat. Because we're hungry. But hunger has much more to do than just physical hunger. Do you know there's emotional hunger? There, there's emotional desire. Matter of fact, hunger to be connected to other people. You know, one of the casualties of, I think, COVID-19 is that people feel so disconnected. Emotionally, their needs are not met at the way that they need to be. Why? Because we, we've not been able to see everyone, and I'm so appreciative of all the people that are joining us online, and, and we're so grateful. But yeah, there's something about mano y mano, something about being in the presence of one another. Isn't that right? There's something about being connected. I'll tell you why. Because God put desires in you and emotional hunger in you to be connected. So there's physical hunger. There's emotional hunger, but there's also spiritual hunger. And matter of fact, it's the deepest part of hunger. You, you can have your physical appetite satiated. You, you, can, you can be connected emotionally with people, but there's a deep yearning on the inside of each one of us. Matter of fact, no accomplishment, no achievement, no amount of money. It doesn't matter what you're able to, quote, do in the eyes of culture. You can hit it out the park. You can close the big deal. There's something deep in the heart of every single man or woman that accomplishment alone doesn't satisfy. That achievement alone doesn't satisfy. God put desires in us. God put needs in us. God made us to crave. But he made us to get our needs met and our desires fulfilled in him. You know, I love sports and I, I, love, I, I love great athletes. And it was really cool seeing Tom Brady play in the Super Bowl. Probably one of the best quarterbacks ever. Notice how I put that, one of the best. Are y'all with me? Did y'all catch that? One of the best. He really is amazing. And it was awesome to see him. I don't care if you don't even like him. You were rooting for the guy because I think he was 57 this year playing. And it was just, no, did you guys see he signed like a contract? Did y'all see it? He's going to play to 70 this week. He, the, the guy is, is amazing. Whether you like him or not physically, he's just amazing. And so... I don't know Tom Brady. I've never met him. I, I admire his physical toughness and getting in there and really cool. And so I want to make a couple of qualifications. I don't know him. I have no idea where his spiritual condition is either. I don't know if he's a believer now, but I do know that 15 years ago, there was a video that is so profound. I want everybody to say this when they say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I, I, I was putting this together this week and I thought about the deepest part of who we are. Accomplishment alone cannot meet the deepest need that we have. Check this out, I'll be right back. This is Tom Brady, 15 years ago. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, Maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. 
27. And what else is there for me? What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Everybody say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Pastor, is God, is, is God against accomplishment? Absolutely not. God's not against you uh, 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 attaining wealth and working hard and achieving. God's not against that at all. But here's the point. Listen, God's given all of that for our enjoyment, but not for our fulfillment. Our fulfillment is only to be found in a personal relationship with Christ. And that's why Jesus was, he was redirecting their attention. Because you and I do have desires. And we have these yearnings in our heart. And, and the issue is, is that where are they focused? Ultimate satisfaction is found in Christ. It's interesting the lengths that people go to. By the way, not just, quote, bad things. Because that's where we get distracted. Oh, you know, yeah, I did this and I did that. No, no, no. Sometimes it's even good things. Good things are great, but they shouldn't take the place of God. They're for our enjoyment, but not for our fulfillment. It's interesting, uh, I, I liked rock and roll music as a kid, and I, I loved different genres of music. And I, I wasn't a, quote, shock rocker, but, but, but it was interesting. I, I liked different brands and different flows. And so I, I remember a guy when I was a kid, Alice Cooper, he's just wild and crazy, and he dressed up kind of like Kiss. You know, Alice Cooper just dressed wild. And, and I'll never forget, years ago, I was watching this documentary. And I, and I looked and I, and I saw, oh my gosh, it's Alice Cooper. And of course, that's his stage name. That's not his real name. And, 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 and I saw, and he began to unpack his life and all of his pursuits and all of the stuff and all the immorality and all the addictions and alcohol and you know, abuse and all these different things. And, and it just captured me. Then he gets to a moment. He says, and the, and the interviewer says, so what happened? And he says, you know, everything Everything, I hit rock bottom and I began to call out to God. And then he talked about that he had surrendered his heart to Christ. I remember calling my brother on the phone. I said, Keith, Alice Cooper saved, man. I said, that's incredible. Alice Cooper. How many of y'all knew that Alice Cooper was saved? It's just incredible. Everybody say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I want to talk to you today about what it means to truly hunger and thirst for righteousness. God created you with hungers. God created you with desires, physical desires, emotional and spiritual. The problem is, is not the desires. The problem is, is that when our desires get misdirected. The problem is, is that when, when we have a need, I want everybody to hear me. This is important at all of our campuses. You and I have been designed by God with needs. The problem is, is that we try to get those needs met illegitimately. Uh, let me give you a definition. All right, here, here's a definition. I know there's lots of definitions of sin, but let me give you guys a definition of sin. This is the SJR version, Stephen James Robinson. Right, Y'all ready? Here it is. You guys ready? Here it is. Sin is nothing more than me trying to meet my legitimate needs in an illegitimate way. Did you see that? Well, pastor, why does that happen? Because we have desires and we get deceived in our desires. So you guys know that we have, those of you that enjoy Greek plays and you've studied all that, you, you know in every Greek play there's a protagonist and there's an antagonist. 
There's somebody that's the good guy and there's somebody that's the bad guy. We have, well, the protagonist, the person that's for us. Well, we know that's, that's God. I mean, how many scriptures, you know, if God be for you, who can be against you, right? That's all over the Bible. But we also have a real antagonist, anti-against. It's not a mythical character. It's not somebody that's just kind of out there and it's just kind of part of, you know, mythology. No, but it's a real spiritual being, a real adversary, a real devil. Now, for those of you that are just new to this whole thing, Christianity, man, it's, this is all in the Bible because, because there's a real God who loves us, but there's a real enemy who hates us. Matter of fact, Jesus, in one scripture, gives the mission statement for both himself and the devil. In John chapter 10, verse 10, listen to this. All right, you guys ready? The thief, that's our enemy. Here's what he comes to do. You guys ready? Your adversary, I have a, an adversary, a spiritual adversary that wants to distract us and wants to lie to us to get us to meet legitimate needs in an illegitimate fashion. Here's what the enemy is. You guys ready? The thief comes to what? Steal, what? Kill, and what? Now, contrasting that, that's the antagonist. Here's the protagonist. Jesus said, I have come to give you what? Say it. Life, and life more abundantly. So the enemy comes to, to deceive, and he comes to lie to us. He tries to suggest to us, hey, listen, by the way, God's not going to take care of you you got to take care of yourself, man. You don't understand. God's not going to take care of you. You've got, you've got to, in other words, you've got this legitimate need. You've got to go meet that need. How does the enemy, how does the enemy have power in our lives? It's through deception. He tries to, remember what Paul said, the great spiritual warfare chapter in the Bible, right? Ephesians chapter six, talking about put on the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate. And then he talks about at the end of that, there's a caveat to what? To defend against the fiery darts of the wicked one. What is that? It's the satanic suggestions of hell. It's lies from the enemy. God's not really looking out for you. Legitimate need. He's not really gonna take care of you. Go ahead and meet it yourself. That's when sin happens. And by the way, let me tell you when the enemy wants to hit you, when you're down. You're tired emotionally, you're tired physically, you've been working hard on your job, you've been studying for exams, you've been studying and studying, you're depleted emotionally, you're depleted, listen, physically, and you're weakened. And by the way, that's when the enemy came to, well, he came to tempt Jesus. You remember Jesus, he was in the Judean desert. The, the temptations of Christ. When did it happen? It happened at the end of his what? Fast. He almost went six weeks. No Hebrew chipotle. No, no Popeyes. I'd be vulnerable too. Come on, can I have a witness in God's house? No food? Here it is. You guys ready? And here comes the enemy. He comes to lie to us. He came to lie to, he came to lie to Jesus. Hey, hey. Now, now this is my editorialized version. Hey, Jesus, come here, come here, come here, come here. Jesus. All right, listen. I know you're hungry. It's been 40 days. Weakened. Listen, why don't you take that, take those stones, take those stones, turn them into bread. What did Jesus said? Man shall not live by what? Say it. 
Not wrong with bread, but bread alone. But by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then he brings him up what? He brings him up to the high mountain overseeing the Judean wilderness. And, 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 and here's what the enemy does. He goes, look, you can have all of this if you just bow down and worship me. I had a guy tell me one time, well, the devil really couldn't. I mean, he couldn't give all that to Jesus. Well, then it wouldn't have been a temptation. Remember, the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Satan is God of this world system. He doesn't own the earth, but the world system. And what did Jesus say? You remember what he said? You shall worship the Lord your God and him, what? Say it, only. See, our needs and our desires are, are, are good, but our ultimate desire has to be for God. Don't let the things that God gave you for your enjoyment take the place of fulfillment. In other words, we can't worship other things. He, he alone has to take the place of allegiance. And, and then the last one. The devil brings him up onto the edge of the pinnacle, the temple mount. It's about 120 feet, and, and, and he tempts. What does he tempt? He tempts, and by the way, I want everybody to hear me. This is so important. The devil knows the Bible. He really does. Now, he twists it. He says, Jesus, just throw yourself down. Yeah, go ahead, throw yourself down. <laughs> Doesn't your word say like your angels, your little buddies are gonna come and pick you up? And what did Jesus say? You should not tempt the Lord your God. Now, now, what's so interesting is the three temptations that Jesus went through in the wilderness are the same three temptations that Adam and Eve went through. And it's the same three temptations that you and I deal with. I did a little chart. I'm going to read the bottom part where it says us. All right? Here's the temptation. Every day, we've got, watch this, every day, the enemy wants to come to get us to tempt us to distract our desires and our needs and get them off of being focused on God and get them being focused. Well, here it is. Number one, here's the first temptation. I want it now. Number two, here's the second one. I want it all. Here's the third one. You guys ready? I want it my way. How many of you know Frank Sinatra didn't have it right? That leads in pain, frustration, and no good things. Wow. So pastor, what is, what's the solution? It's focusing our hunger on Christ. God, you can't deny your hunger. Listen to me close. I want everybody to hear me, all of our campuses. You can't, I'm not hungry, I'm not hungry. No, 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 no. Physical hunger needs to be satiated and satisfied. Emotional hunger needs to be satiated and satisfied. And spiritual hunger needs to be satiated and satisfied. Let me give you guys three quick lessons on hunger from Jesus, and we'll close. You guys with me? Say yes. yes. All right, here we go. All right, number one. Number one, so important. Here's what Jesus says. Lessons on hunger. Number one, we must daily hunger for God's truth. John chapter 6, verse 32, most assuredly, Jesus said this, most assuredly, I said to you, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. It wasn't Moses, did it? My father was the one. Watch this. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then they said to him, Lord, <clears throat> give us this bread also. And Jesus said to him, I am the what? Say it, the he who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. You know, what's interesting is that when you think of physical hunger, physical hunger, God created us, again, 
to crave certain things and certain foods. We've got to understand something a little bit about the Bible. In Bible times, that, that one of the primary forms of sustenance, one of the primary things that people ate in Bible times was, was bread. And, and this would be very similar to it. This is called un what? Unleavened bread, right? The bread is not, it's not, so here it is. It's unleavened bread. And so when Jesus would teach all the time, man, he would, he would talk about seeds and soil and he would look at a, at a tree and, and all these different things. And he would teach imagery from that, right? Metaphors and imagery. And, and so when he talked about who he was, when he talked about what comes down from heaven, he says, I am the bread of life. See, here's the point. He was talking about, they understood that they're daily hungry for food. But he talked about this. He says, in the same way that we're daily desirous of food, question, if you eat one day, are you hungry the next day, yes or no? How about the next day, yes or no? I don't know, scientists, you know, people will say that, that the human body, it used to be 40, 50 days. Now they're saying 60, 70 days. I'm going to tell you something real quick, all right? At some point in time, you're going to die. You can't just live. Let me just say that. You need everybody say daily. You need daily. And they understood that, by the way. And that's why he used the image. He says, I am the bread of life. What does that mean? That you and I must spiritually feed on Christ daily. I've had people tell me this before. Pastor, you know, I'm just not getting fed at Church King. I said, well, time out. I couldn't get fed either if I was just eating one meal for 35 minutes on a Sunday. I said, well, guess what? I would be real hungry. Matter of fact, I'd lose more than my five to seven. Can I have a witness in God's house? You, you got to learn how to feed yourself on a daily basis. But what do you feed? You're feeding yourself Christ. In other words, and, and this is what's so powerful about this. He, he uses this illustration, pastor. What do you mean feeding on Christ? Every day I'm, I need to feed on, on God's word. Man shall not live by what say it, but by every what say it, word. By the way, he was quoting the book of Deuteronomy. So I, I, I can't, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You, you guys know what I'm talking about, where you go three or four days and you haven't been, you haven't read the word of God. You get hungry in your soul. There's an ache in your soul. God designed you that way. In the same way, if you don't eat for three or four days, Three or four hours in Louisiana. Come on. I mean, if you don't, you just, there's something in the same way, in the same way. God designed you and I that way. For us to eat, to eat of Christ, to eat of his word. Oh, and by the way, you guys remember in the Old Testament where, where what came down, what did God do? How did God feed the children of Israel in the wilderness? Daily he rained down what upon them? What? Manna, which was in essence what? unleavened bread. Do you know what came down in the morning time? Do you know that, listen, do you know it was no good by that night? What was the point there? Don't tell me, you know, I read the Bible 15 years ago when I became a Christian. I don't know what's wrong with me. I mean, you know, you need daily to interact with God. You need daily. We have Bible reading programs. I use the Life Journal. We have a whole bunch that we recommend at the church. There's, I just want to encourage you 
Man shall not live by bread alone. We need bread. We, we need this. Thank God we've got this. But by every word. Number one, Jesus would teach his disciples that the blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Number one, we need to hunger daily for the truth of God's word to satisfy our soul. Look at the second thing about hunger. This is so powerful. Is that we also need a hunger for righteousness. I'm going to define the term. You guys ready? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, later in the Sermon on the Mount, here's what he says. He says, but seek first. Everybody say, seek first. My pastor, you know, I just, I've kind of just tried everything else. Might as well try God. Well, that's... But seek first, not when your life was busted, not when, but I mean, he'll do it then too, but, 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 but why do we have to go around that to finally wake up to the reality of who God is? Seek first. Seek first. What? Seek first the kingdom of God and his, everybody say it, righteousness. And all these things shall be added. What does it mean to be righteous before God? What does it mean? But, by the way, I, I got some trivia. I was corrected last week by Pastor Doug Armand. I mentioned at the end of the message, I said, you know, I've been a Christian for 30 years, 31 years. Doug called me after. He said, Steve, can I just help you? You've actually been a Christian for 33 and a half years. Wait, wait, wait. I said, Pastor Doug, thank you for adding two and a half years to my walk with Jesus. I said, I didn't even realize that. I, there's two things. Number one, well, I'm over 50. You forget things. You know what I'm talking about. But when I came to Christ when I was a freshman at Tulane University, I was right at 19 years old, I couldn't save myself. I couldn't change myself. That's where a lot of people miss. They think, well, you know what? I need to be better. I need to be righteous. I tell you what, if I can just, if I can just help enough people, that's going to make me right with God. Is there anything, with, do, do we, Pastor, don't, I mean, Church of King, don't we like help a lot of people and give a lot away and help the poor? Yeah, but we don't help the poor in order to be right with God. We help the poor because we're right with God. There's a difference. Does that make sense? And so here's how it works. Here's how it works. I can't save myself. In other words, I can't make myself become righteous. I can't pull myself across the line of faith and come into right. But what I can do is trust Christ and his work on the cross. In other words, it's Jesus He's the one that makes me righteous. Matter of fact, Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians. I love this. Best verse in the Bible to illustrate this. Here it is. You guys ready? God made him, that's Jesus, who knew no sin. In other words, he was sinless, right? Wasn't Jesus sinless? He's on the cross. He's sinless. He's got two guys next to him. By the way, you and I are in those two guys. Sinful, all of us. Yeah, it's true. And what God the Father did is God the Father took their sin, our sin, and put it on Jesus. And then took Jesus' right relationship with the Father. Do you see it? And put that on them. And he puts it on you. And he puts it on me. So in other words, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what? Say it. Righteousness. Being in right relationship with God. I can't make myself right, but I can receive the gift of righteousness. How many are grateful for what Christ has done for us? We receive that. Jesus teaches lessons throughout the Gospels. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Every day I need a hunger and thirst for the truth of God's word. Now, I'm not getting saved every day, but I can rejoice and thank God that I am saved every day. Every day. I feast upon that. I, I, I honor God. I, I worship him and him only. I'm not going to bow down to anything. We, we, we don't bow down to popularity or preeminence or, or, or anything else. Regardless of what the enemy may lie to us about, we keep our focus on him. We direct our desires. Let me give you the third and final thing and then we'll close. Is that every day we need a hunger for God's purpose for our lives. When we live by God's truth and we're filled with God's righteousness, something amazing starts to happen in our lives. Our divine purpose begins, it begins to manifest. In other words, there's something in us that God designed us with and, and why, why he designed us the way. In other words, all the gifts and all the talents and all the abilities, I will never be ultimately fulfilled if I simply live for myself. This is gonna blow you guys away. Jesus is about to tell us, when you actually reach out and serve another person, it actually feeds you. John chapter four, last scripture, here's what Jesus said. In the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat, watch this. He's about to clarify their expectations in their purpose, in their generation. Watch this, by sharing his purpose. Here's what he says. He said, they said, Rabbi, eat. But he said, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? They kind of felt upstaged. It's like, like who, who else? I'm so sorry, Jesus. That was, was that our job? Did we, did we drop the ball? And then Jesus clarifies and goes a little deeper, and here's what he says. And Jesus said to them, my food is to do. My food is to do. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. In other words, here's what Jesus said. I don't exist for myself, but when I do the will of my Father. In other words, in other words, one of the ways that I one of the ways that I am satisfied, I do the will of my Father. Do you know one of the ways that you are deeply satisfied in God? Is when you allow God to use your life and the generation that God placed you, listen, to actually serve someone else. When you fulfill your purpose, it's actually not for you, it's for us. Does that... So I'm eating on the word of God. I'm eating on worship and I'm honoring God, but I'm also eating... I'm filled and satisfied as I do my purpose in the earth, and I serve you. Jesus said it in real clear in Matthew 25. Every time you give somebody a cup of water in my name, you do it in my name. You visit somebody in prison in my name. When you use your gifts and talents and abilities in my name, it feeds you and it satisfies you. Blessed are, blessed are those who, come on, say it, hunger and thirst for righteousness, being in right relationship with God, daily feasting on Christ, and daily watches, daily serving others, it satisfies. It satisfies. It satisfies. You know that you and I aren't satisfied when we live for ourselves. No. My food is to do 
the will, the purpose. That's why it's so important. That's why we commend people around here, man. When you start serving somebody, you start caring for somebody, all of our dream teamers, all the folks that are in our children's, all the folks that are serving and loving and all of our outreaches and serving around all of our campuses, you're, do, you're, you're actually feasting on Christ and you're doing the will of God. Oh, it's satisfying. When you lead somebody to Christ and you know that God used your life, isn't that deeply rewarding? Yeah. So what have I said today? We're learning in the Beatitudes. It's the way to happiness. It's the way to true joy. We'll say it one more time. Everybody say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Yeah. It's found in God. There's nothing wrong with all of your accomplishments. They're wonderful, but they're for your enjoyment, not for your fulfillment. Your fulfillment is found in Christ. And in that, you shall be satisfied. In that, you shall be fulfilled. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads at all of our campuses. I, I just want to take just a moment. If you're not where you need to be with God, maybe you're not at peace with God. Whether it's your first time coming or maybe you've come for a couple months. Maybe you heard about a church that was maybe a little bit different than you've experienced before. We are so honored that you're here. In this part of the service, I, I give a simple invitation, and I want to clarify to everybody, I can't save anybody. Church of the King can't save anybody. Your uncle being a deacon at a Baptist church doesn't save you. Or your wife praying for you. Jesus saves. He's the one that died on the cross for you question. Have you ever surrendered to him? Here's what the Bible says. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. What I can do is point you to him. At all of our campuses, those that are joining us online, I'm going to take just a moment. I just sense the presence of the Lord right here. If you say, pastor, I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. I'm not sure if I die today, I'm ready to stand before God. I want to confess Christ as my Savior. I need the blood of Jesus to wash me, to cleanse me, and to make me new. If that's you, the kind of thing, would you just lift your hand up high so I can see it, so I can pray for you? Pastor, I need Christ. One, two, three. Quickly hold your hand up high. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir, up front. God bless you, hon, right there. You need Christ. God bless you, ma'am. Anybody else? God bless you, buddy. Anybody else? Say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. I'm not sure if I die today. God bless you guys. God bless you. Young lady, God bless you. God brought you here today. God brought you guys here today because he loves you. He's not mad at you. He cares about you. Jesus died for you just like he did for me 33 years ago when I gave my heart to Christ. This is your moment. I'm going to ask everybody with their heads bowed and eyes closed. Church, let's pray together. Can we pray with those that are trusting Christ? Let's all pray. Say, dear Jesus, come on, all of us, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this last thing. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> and the word of God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody look at me. Just give me 30 seconds. If, if you prayed and trusted Christ at any of our campuses, <clears throat> there is what's called a decision card. I'm going to ask you to fill this out. This is so cool. Now, 
We're not passing buckets during the offering time. So all buckets for guest cards and all this, it's in the back. Take this, fill this out. <clears throat> we want to send you a letter. And we want to talk about what it means to follow the Lord on a daily basis. That's all we want to do, all right? Or you can actually text decision, just the word decision, to 822-822. We want to send you some information, all right? I'm going to ask everybody to stand. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward right now as well. How many of y'all enjoyed that message? Did that help anybody? <clears throat> uh, we, we do have a prayer team that's open now. We suspended that for a little while. So, man, we're just here to, just to pray any needs that you may have. The worship team always plays for another five or ten minutes. Feel free afterwards to make your way up front. Father, I bless your people as they go forth this day. Father, I thank you that you're teaching us as we study the Beatitudes what it means to, to hunger and thirst. Happier those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Lord, I pray a blessing over your people. Every man, woman, boy, and girl, may the favor of Almighty God be upon your life this day like a shield in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, can we give the Lord a hand clap? Come on, can we just bless him? We're here for you if you need prayer. We love you guys. God bless you. I'll see you next week. What another incredible message in our Be Happy series. I'm really enjoying this series, and I hope you really are too. You know, Missy, I know I am. It's been really, really just kind of eye-opening to be able to walk through the Beatitudes. And once again, if you're here for the first time or if you need prayer or anything like that, just text the word CONNECT to the number 822-822. It'll send you a link with several options to be able to connect into the church. And as always, we're here for you. So let us know if you need anything, if there's anything special that we need to pray with you guys about. And of course, if you haven't joined the Church of the King online Facebook, group yet, go ahead and do that. There's a, a link right now. It's in your chat room. Just click on that. It'll be super easy. Uh, we'll be able to stay connected during the week. So guys, have a great week. We look forward to maybe seeing you guys in that Facebook group. If not, we'll see you at church next week.